Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you have joined us. A big day in Washington today as we prepare for U.S. Attorney General William Barr to first announce how much of the Mueller report he plans to share with the public. And then later today, he's planning to actually do that, apparently, on many, many CDs that will be released and I'm sure poured over for the rest of the day and for many days to come. We want to get you live to uh, William Barr's press conference when it begins at about half past the hour. But first, we want to talk just a little bit about what's going on here, what we expect to learn from this report, and we want to put it in a little bit of historical context. How big a deal is this that we might learn that the President of the United States was involved in things that didn't uh, cross the line of the law, according to uh, William Barr and the others at the Justice Department, but we may be learning about things that the President did that are unseemly and maybe unethical. Uh, How common is that in our history? And what have been the repercussions when these kinds of things come out about occupants of the Oval Office? We also want to hear from you in advance of Barr's press conference. What are you expecting to learn from the Mueller report? Did you learn everything you thought you needed to know from his very brief summary of that report a few weeks ago? Uh, Are you somebody who never put much stock in the idea of what Bob Mueller was investigating and didn't believe it would yield anything of particular interest? Uh, Or are you really waiting with bated breath to see what Bob Mueller actually said about Donald Trump and the 2016 campaign for president, uh, during which he was accused, at least, of colluding with Russian interests, and uh, also when uh, he may have been involved in obstruction uh, of the investigation into that election. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work you into the conversation here. Uh, it'll be about 9.20 when we go to NPR coverage uh, of William Barr's uh, press conference, which is set to happen at about half past the hour. And joining me now to talk more about what's going on is David Shepardson. He's a reporter for Reuters based in Washington, D.C., former Detroit News congressional reporter. David, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Yes. Uh, Also with us is Mark Crewman. He's a professor of American history and director of the Center for Study of Citizenship at Wayne State University. Mark Crewman, welcome back to Detroit Today as well. Thank you, Stephen. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, David, let's start, uh, set the scene for us there in Washington as we wait to find out exactly what we're going to see in this version of the released Mueller report. Well, as you alluded to, we've already had like the pregame fight last night, right? The Democrats <laughs> had a preemptive press conference to say, hey, why are you putting, having a press conference at 930 before anyone's seen anything? Congress is not supposed to get the report until 11 to 12 a.m. Then some members of Congress will get a, a report that has more, fewer redactions because there's a, a bunch of different reasons for redactions. There's grand jury material. There's uh, pending investigations. And so I think 
you know, the first takeaway is just that this is going to go on and on. I mean, last night, the Speaker of the House and the Minority Leader, Chuck Schumer, uh, asked Bob Mueller to testify. So I don't think today is the end by any means, and it's really, I, I think, you know, this whole town has been waiting for this, you know, for months and months. There was a big run-up ahead of, you know, the, the special counsel actually submitting his report to, you know, to the attorney general. I mean, people canceled their vacations. It didn't go anywhere. It didn't go to assignments just as they thought <laughs> it was going to happen. So, yeah, this is the end of our beginning of the end of a very long wait. Hmm. Uh, what are we thinking that this will what questions do we think this might answer and what questions might it not answer? How, how much more disclosure do you expect to find in, in this version of the report? Well, I, I think it's pretty safe to bet, based on what people have heard, is that it's at least going to address some of the key issues that have been pretty well well raised. And remember that the Attorney General said there are other issues that have not ever come up in public, but certainly things like the firing of Jim Comey, the tweets, you know, a lot of questions about uh, alleged you know, Russian contacts with the Trump campaign and what level, if any, of, of direct coordination there was. So, uh, no, I think, you know, I, I think this is going to get into a lot of these questions, you know, that surrounded the early days of the administration, you know, like the, the firing of, of Michael Flynn as National Security Advisor, and, and we'll get into a, a lot of what came out of Bob Mueller's investigation. You know, one of the, the press conferences I covered um, last year was one of, was when Bob Mueller indicted about a dozen uh, Russian uh, intelligence and military uh, officials connected to the hacking and uh, of the the Democratic uh, National Committee emails and other uh, efforts to use Facebook and other uh, social media sites to try to to uh, affect the outcome of the election, at least in terms of people's perceptions. So I think, I think that there'll be a lot of material that looks into Russia's efforts to influence the election. Uh, but, you know, this is a 400-page report. It's not clear how much we're going to get. And, and look, clearly the Democrats are not going to be happy if any of it's redacted. And so I don't think anybody, no one's going to say, this is the definitive answer, at least on the Democratic side. I think Republicans, the president, are already saying, hey, I've already been cleared because I'm not going to be charged criminally. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Mark Krumen, uh, professor of American history and director of the Center for Study of Citizenship at the Wayne, at Wayne State University. Talk about this moment in American history and in presidential history. Uh, how significant is this in your mind? How does it compare to other things that we've seen? Stephen, the history of uh, special counsels goes back nearly a century and a half and uh, has tended to uh, lead to presidential appointments of special prosecutors when there have been major corruption scandals uh, going back to uh, Ulysses S. Grant and 1875 in the so-called whiskey ring. So when uh, presidents have confronted scandals and there's a recognition that they, uh, their own cabinets can't, uh, or attorney general can't do uh, an investigation without a conflict of interest, 
they have turned to special prosecutors. So it's actually been quite common. Mm. Uh, talk about in terms of scandal, I guess, perhaps, uh, how this fits into the narrative of, of presidential history. That's, uh, you know, I think uh, often in modern times, we think each scandal uh, is is the scandal of 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 the century or of of the ages, but of course, uh, presidents have been sort of surrounded by scandal almost since the beginning. Isn't that right? Well, certainly the the existence of corruption and the fear of corruption have been part of American political culture from the uh, from the beginning, and it's when it it plays out in a way where uh, the public is receiving significant information about it that tends to make the problem of con- of corruption concrete mm-hmm. uh, when, when you think of uh, corrupt presidents uh, and and the scandals that that dogged their presidencies, you know, rank rank Donald Trump so far. I mean, one of the things I think is interesting about this presidency is that it was bathed in the air of scandal from the very beginning, which is not always the way that presidents take office. Does that make Donald Trump notable in some way? Well, I think certainly notable. And I think if you uh, compare it to Harding, uh, Warren Harding, uh, there seem to be elements of uh, of that kind of corruption. I do think it's important uh, to go back to what David was saying, which is that the Mueller investigation is not about all aspects of corruption in the uh, in the Trump administration. It's particularly about Russia and the obstruction of justice. So I think that if you look at the full scope of corruption in the Trump administration, uh, I think that it seems to be on a uh, a significant scale that will continue to be investigated. And if you look at the numbers of cabinet officers who have already resigned for uh, usually reasons relating to corruption, it's it's quite significant. Mm. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, let's go to Tom in northwest Detroit. Tom, what's yeah, on your good mind? Good morning. You know what? I think there's going to be so much redacting in this in this report that, you know, it's going to be hard to put, you know, thread the needle through to get any kind of um, – sensible information out of it. I mean, this thing here, I mean, I figure this way, just go ahead and tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so I'll help you guys. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot easier. The easiest way, way right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I appreciate the call and the thoughts. Uh, David Shepherdson, I've got about a minute before we want to get to NPR coverage of William Barr's press conference, but give us an idea of uh, you know what, what to expect going forward uh, from Congress, uh, from the courts. Uh, how, how much ripple effect do we think this will have? Uh, you're right. I mean, there's already an ongoing legal battle. There was a FOIA lawsuit filed to get the report. There was a court hearing yesterday. No, and, and I think Congress is already trying to get a ton of documents from the administration and has, has had very little success. Congressional committees 
if you remember, about a month ago, sent a wide-ranging document request to like 100 different entities and people tied to the Trump organization, the Trump campaign, uh, people who worked at the White House. So this is, you know, this is just the beginning of what's going to, you can imagine, to be all the way up till the 2020 presidential election. The Democrats are going to be trying to get more material and, you know, uh, to try to make the case, you know, first about Russia, that there was collusion. And again, obviously, that's going to be a very debated point. And then the secondary issue is all the other allegations of corruption that have emerged, either about the Trump organization or President Trump's tax returns or the issues involving cabinet departments like Scott Pruitt or the new Interior Secretary who's under an ethics investigation. So a key part of the Democrats' effort ahead of 2020 is going to try to paint the picture that the administration is corrupt. Is corrupt. Shouldn't be rewarded with a second second term. But, but clearly, Russia, the Russia investigation is, is, is their, their top focus. And you yeah. can imagine they're going to point to the Star Report and say, hey, we're not going to be satisfied until we see, we see all of it. You yeah. know, good, good, bad, and different. Okay, David Shepardson, reporter for Reuters in Washington, D.C. Mark Kruman, a professor of American history and director of the Center for Study of Citizenship at the Wayne State University. Thanks very much to both of you for being here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're now going to go to special coverage from NPR of U.S. Attorney General William Barr's press conference. We will be back tomorrow with more Detroit Today.